The Bruins are 2-0, baby. Are they on the way to 3-0? Well, we think so. But let's talk about, hey, how did the Bruins fare against San Diego State in depth on Locked On UCLA? You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, subscribe, download. Thanks for your support. Become an everydayer because we'll be talking all the stuff. Why isn't Dante just flat out named the starter? We can get all into that in this episode of Locked On UCLA, and we'll get some more basketball content throughout the week. In the meantime, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, all new customers, a $5 bet, can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. UCLA, dominant win over the likes of San Diego State. It was a, a unique game because, hey, going into it, we didn't actually know who was going to start the game. We I had an inclination. I thought, hey, where the Bruins are going to sit there and play all three quarterbacks the second straight week where Chip Kelly came out and promised that he was going to play three quarterbacks. That did not happen. It was ended up being a Dante Moore start and then Schley getting some action in what we could determine to be garbage time. In a game in the fourth quarter, where there was a lot of time. I think Schley impressed the few flashes he showed us, and then Garbers was left on the bench as he was not played in this game. While we won't probably pick up too much from the NC Central game, who plays, how much, and when will be important for week three and what we expect to be a Bruin blowout. But we're not talking about NC Central yet. We are talking about, hey, what is UCLA going to do? What are the grades offensively? What were the grades defensively? And how does this compare to my predictions and keys to the game? Keys to the game, if you remember, these were some of the keys to the game. We'll bring them back up. So keys to the game, we had take care of the football in the red zone, stop the run, time of possession. So key to the game for UCLA, take care of the football in the red zone. Well, there are a lot of big play touchdowns. You have the TJ Harden run of 59 yards. You have the 81-yard touchdown from Moore to Josiah Norwood, where we're able to say arguably maybe the longest touchdown pass in Dante Moore's career. Who knows? You never know. 81 yards is hard to surpass, especially as a true freshman. Who knows? That could be the longest touchdown throw of his career. A lot of it was play action, pitch and catch and run. But in the end, Dante Moore and the Bruins took care of the ball in the red zone. Yes, I know they coughed up a fumble, but that was later in the game. And that was Yankoff. So the Bruins were able to take care of the ball in the red zone. I know Moore almost coughed one up in the red zone, which why take care of the red zone, take care of the football in the red zone is a funny stat, right? Because what was the biggest stand of the game? I'll touch on this more later. It was the goal line stand at the one-yard line. But we'll talk on that more when I get to the defense. Offensively for UCLA, truly the big thing was take care of the football in the red zone. The Bruins did that. They were able to get points. Lopez didn't really have any opportunities to take a field goal. The Bruins didn't, and he's still perfect on the year. More 10 yards away from a 300-yard career game in his second career UCLA game, first career start, three touchdowns, no picks, a QB yard, 81, 17 for 27. The Bruins were very close to having 200-yard rushers between their split backs of Steele and Harden, 
And I just like to see what UCLA has been doing. I listened to the Chip Kelly interview prior to practice on, on the, the Monday practice for UCLA on the posting of this podcast. And what Chip Kelly had to say to the media was the fact that he liked how the defense, the offense truly cleaned up those pre-snap penalties, the administrative penalties, if you will, right? False start, too many men. So, you know, all those pre-snap penalties. And while the holdings were very egregious at times, the, when it was back-to-back, especially in that second quarter, I believe, when they were just over and over again, the pre-snap penalty is good. The other penalties, well, they've certainly got to clean it up. But in terms of hurting themselves before the play started, UCLA did a good job, despite a little bit of a slow start in the first series, getting Dante Moore, getting his feet, feet wet in his first start, first career road game as a Bruin. I did like to see, hey, the Bruins split it up. 11 different receivers touched the ball, and we got to see a lot of different things offensively. Dante Moore can throw the ball. What does he look like under pressure? Weaving in and out of the pocket. The athleticism that I think the difference between Moore and Garbers is the athleticism of Moore and his ability to maneuver the pocket, maybe deliver a more athletic play, a better ball down the field. Garbers, I'm pretty sure at this point, has a much greater grasp of the playbook than Moore does. That's just me assuming at this point based on experience. But based on on-field talent, it's just I think Moore should have the starting capabilities over Garbers, and we should be happy as Bruins fans that there's so many different options the Bruins have at quarterback that, God forbid, something happens. Hey, like there are options and winning options, but the dynamic option is more to build and create a good Bruin career from freshman to sophomore to junior. Heck, this team's unbeaten and ranked, which we'll even touch on even later in the pod. What does that mean? This could still be an, a fun season. Remember, Josh Rosen in his true freshman year, the Bruins got ranked, rose up the ranks in the top 10, and they had a stunning home defeat that really ruined the season against ASU. And we hope the Bruins can go. And despite what is a very stacked Pac-12, I think this offense is capable of scoring quite a bit more than what we thought against San Diego, against Kelsa Carolina. They Against a decently coached San Diego State team, a pretty good coached San Diego State team, the Bruins are able to move the ball and dominate 550 yards of offense. No picks today, or in the game, I should say today. It was a good game. The ball was spread around. Three different receivers had touchdowns. Not even a, a big day from J. Michael Sturdivant, and the Bruins still were humming offensively. Everybody was making moves. I can not I can say, hey, Colin Shelley came in. He looked impressive with some spin moves, some hit sticks on the defense for the Aztecs. So I'm excited to see what College Lee can do later on in the season. My overall grade for an offense that didn't look too good in times against Coastal Carolina, giving, hey, the likes of Dante Moore the reins of the offense, I thought UCLA was only going to put up 24 points. I thought it would be a closer game. The only slack I'll give myself, if you're willing to give it, all, if you listeners and viewers are willing to give me a little bit, a little bit of some leeway, right? We didn't know who was going to play quarterback. And I, I didn't think Chip Kelly was going to let Moore go out and play the whole majority of the game. I thought he was going to throw in Garbers. But the fact that he didn't, and you saw what the offense did, I thought 24 points for the whole game. The Bruins go out there and put up 28 in the first half, 21 of those points in the second quarter. With an offense that just seems to click so much better with Moore that you take any mistakes that will come in the future. You take the freshman learning experience and no, hey, we've gotten other guys later. The one thing I'm going to say, though, is Chip Kelly must, must, 
I wonder if you guys agree with me. He must, must utilize Colin Schley more. Absolutely. We shouldn't have to wait till it's a 25-point blowout to see Colin Schley. Not a dual, not a dual quarterback system, but using the dual threat Schley in a, a third and one, a fourth and two. I've talked about this before. Maybe in a fourth and short back on your own side, you maybe get the defense thinking he could punt a few times. Utilize him in the early parts of the game. And I know you have to get his feet wet, get him ready, get the jitters out, and that was a good opportunity to do so against San Diego State. I would like to see, as much as I want more of the starter, bring in Schley earlier in the game and have that one-two combo. Even though it might be three to four plays, it could be that one to two plays that makes the difference, where he might break off a 60-yard touchdown run if they want to do it against, say, Utah to keep them off balance in Salt Lake City against a pretty stout, what we I believe to be a Ute defensive front, who they'll play in a very important matchup in the middle of the day on September what 21st in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, the Bruins will have their first ranked matchup of the year, we assume, uh, uh, ranked versus ranked between those two teams, unbeaten, we'd assume, between those two teams. And I, I would like to see Schley ready enough to take a snap. It might be one, it might be two. It could only get two or three yards. Or it could be a 50-yard touchdown pass or of something, right, that – to change the action, change your pace, be that changeup that throws off the defensive coordinator's play calls, play calling and reaction to Chip Kelly's calls by having Schley out there. That is my only bugaboo. Why are we waiting till later in week two to get Schley out there? Kelly is so hell-bent that it's a three-quarterback race. In the LA Times, the quote, and it was the post-game quote from Chip Kelly, but kind of reading what Ben Bolch said, and what most important, this is what Chip Kelly said. We still feel we have three quarterbacks and feel good about that situation. I think it's comforting to know that we all have three guys that can play for you, and we'll see where we're headed moving forward. This is the final thing we'll have to say about the offense. That's a very true statement. I do agree with Chip Kelly, but the context is he's not naming a starter and is refusing to do so. And the the quotes that's going to be used against Kelly, which I've already talked about, was his Pac-12 media day quotes. You want to keep everybody happy. You're not going to just name a starter to name a starter. But when it's being what on the field, I think clearly, at least at the moment, that more should be there. And I do think Garbage is a better quarterback than Schley can be. But Schley's role, I think, is more designed for when Mars Moore is the starter. He can come in and change the game, even if it's only three to four plays. Every week, it could be something big in a much-needed moment down the line. Overall, my grade for the offense is an A-. minus. There's a, quite a few holding, 35 points. You can be better. A couple of fumbles, but I can't be too mad about this one. They did what they needed to do. San Diego State had been forcing turnovers. They had six picks. The Bruins didn't throw any despite only a couple of tosses from Schley. Moore looked good, a true freshman in a true road environment. Not exactly sold out in Snapdragon. I was a bit disappointed to see that necessarily. Instead, the Bruins got the win, and I can't be too mad about the offense doing what they needed to do, impressing more than I thought. Dante Moore taking the reins and running with it in what most everyone, I think, agrees. Every Bruin publication, show everything. We all seem to be in agreement of some sort that Moore is the guy. I've been claiming for it for weeks without even proof, and now we, I think, have some on-person, on-the-field, in-person, whatever it is. There is some proof. Not that Garbers is incapable. Not that he can't make his moment. Not that he won't actually ever play again in this season. But I do think Moore should be given the job and have the opportunity to hold it until he loses it. 
So that is my grade for the offense. A minus 35 points. Yes, they had a couple of mistakes. The more fumble near the end zone, okay. But I would like to think the holding needs to be cleaned up and everything for the most part was clicking in my mind. I like to see it and they dominated. And we hope to see that against Utah in a couple weeks down the line and we'll wait to see what everything goes. Coming up next, we get to talk about the defense because the defense has been extremely impressive in my mind. San Diego State can't throw the ball, but I still like to see what they did against the Aztec rushing attack. Much better than I thought they would be. Much better, but they hit to the key to the game. We'll talk about that coming up in segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Well, our game changer of the week is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. So, at, just like Athletic Brewing changed the non-alcoholic beer game, they make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. So who is our game changer? For me, there, there's a couple of options you could go with this year. There's a couple of options. You can go offensively, more doing good, harder making a big play, even Norwood with that 81-yard touchdown. But I think the game changer of the week, the game changer, we're going to go with Alex Johnson, right? He went, had a couple of picks, he had some big opportune moments. And after having limited time to sit there and in his UCLA career not have some moments, he comes in and makes two interceptions of the three forced turnovers. And he is our game changer of the week after a long journey and a long battle. Uh, just like Athletic Brewing Company's changed, completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They've got brews that are great tasting and award-winning. We hope Alex Johnson continues to have a good year this year as well. They're now releasing limited edition experimental styles to add their variety. They're fit for all times. Drink them anywhere, anytime, and make any activity more enjoyable. No hangovers ever. You can find Athletic Brew Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or go online, order online, Athletic Brewing. Com. You can use the code locked on if you're a first time company, first time customer, 15% off your first online order. Again, that's locked on at checkout, L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fits for all times. Segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Well, as we gave our, uh, Player game changer of the week from Athletic Brewing, Alex Johnson, right? You have a defense that's been beleaguered for years under Chip Kelly, maybe even dating back to the end of the, the Rose and Mora era, which kind of led us to this state of nothingness for UCLA football, which they kind of fell into irrelevancy. You can argue and we'll talk about all that later. What's unique for this defense is with a young defensive coordinator who hadn't been a coordinator before, but it's been around the NFL, getting an opportunity in Danton Lynn, who he gets all these bonuses if he's a top 50 defense, the Bruins go far. If they shock people like myself by hitting keys to the game, none other. If you're watching on YouTube, one of my keys was stop the run. If you're listening, my second key to victory was stop the run in time of possession. That was the third. While the offense and defense didn't really change the time of possession, it didn't matter because the Bruins' offense was so dynamic, and most importantly, the defense legitimately stopped the run. San Diego State, yes. Ohio, Idaho State, over 200 yards a game against the Bruins. As Ken Norton said, they haven't faced the Bruins yet over 200 yards a game, he was heard saying at practice. Well, they came in, and UCLA only allowed 63 yards rushing. I did not think that that was going to be the case. I'll eat some crow on that. 
I was wondering with the athleticism of the quarterback for San Diego State, Jalen Maiden, he is a converted safety into a quarterback. So this isn't a natural quarterback switch for him. And he's athletic and still made some plays, especially in the first half, that I was just like, okay, these look like the same old Bruins. And hey, let's remember, Maiden threw a dime in the corner to a San Diego State receiver and dropped it in what would have been a 21-14 game at that point. San Diego State settled for a field goal. The Bruins go up 28-10 and half, and there's no coming back, especially for San Diego State. When you're down 18, even if it's at home against a team that's going to play the pass with a quarterback that I did not think had the ability to consistently beat the Bruins deep down by three scores like San Diego State was. So it was important for UCLA to come in, get a little bit of luck early with the drop pass, and then just dominate the run. Ten tackles for loss, another multi-sack game. Well, I did highlight Alex Johnson. I do think, arguably, the defensive player of the game, Darius Moisau, who came in. Moisau, just a beast, right? Moisau had six tackles, four solo tackles, a sack, three for loss, and a crucial interception on a tip drop ball by San Diego State in the end zone to force, which we bring back to key number one, taking care of the football in the red zone. That was more for UCLA but they forced a turnover. This defense, when San Diego State was on the one-inch line after UCLA's turnover, the Bruins came away forcing zero points. And I know sometimes it's, oh, it's lucky. They did the Seattle Seahawks. Shout out to my dad because he's a Seahawks fan. Where they dropped, they threw the pick in the end zone when they could have won the they could have won the game, right? They could have won a championship and they threw a pick. San Diego State gets stuffed twice in a row. A team that's proud to run the football, game to run the football. The Bruins said, no, no, no. We're not doing this. Dan Lynn wants aggression. And sometimes you got to create your own breaks. And how do you create your own breaks defensively? Is it dialing up blitzes and gambling on third down? Or is it the scenario where the Bruins found themselves in, the offense literally drops the ball on the one-inch line, the one-yard line, and you're asked to maybe hold them to a field goal if you're lucky. If you're lucky. But when you stuff a team a couple of times, put fear into their eyes, right? You could play, you know, when you're like, oh, Maybe this might work the third time. Who knows? They throw the football when they possibly could have gotten it in the third time. You'd still fear in the opposition to make a mistake when someone's then all of a sudden expecting a hit, wanted to make a move, a tip ball, and the Bruins make those big plays like they did there. One of three interceptions for UCLA. Wausau, one of three. Johnson had a couple where they picked off the quarterback three times. Six turnovers forced in the first two games. Another multi or another, what, 10-plus tackles for loss, a Bruins team that is feasting on the run. What impressed me by watching and re-watching tape was how great the Bruins read the plays, right? Was it the likes of, excuse me, choking up words there, was Maiden giving the ball off to Kristen? Was he giving off to Blake? They were playing the ball well. They were reading it, adjusting, and going and chasing down the runner, whether it was Maiden, whether it was the running back, whoever it was, I liked how they did. All right, stop A, go to B, and made big plays according to that. Just reading the play, in my mind, was so impressive in the backfield, just blowing it up multiple times. And San Diego State, while they did move the football a couple of times, I liked how the Bruins capitalized on their luck, capitalized on their break when given it in early portions of the game and ran away with this when San Diego State had to throw the football because they could not. This is not a team, an Aztec team, that was designed to play down three scores. They're designed to, when you get a dime on third and 12, they beat up DB on an up and back move, a, a little pump fake move. 
you got to make that catch and stick in the game. When that drop happens, I think the game changed because then Dante Moore eventually at the end of that second quarter goes on a quick minute drill, scores a touchdown, and UCLA put that game to bed pretty quickly. While they didn't score too much, the defense dominated, inflicted hardship, and made sure, hey, this is a defense that is changing things. What's it going to look like when they play in the Pac-12 against some dynamic offenses? Heck, even Colorado looks dynamic. I didn't even think so in the Pac-12 preview show. And what's it going to look like when Colorado plays in October, November, and their depth is tested? We'll find out. But they've got a big offense. USC, what is Utah going to look like when rising? We expect to eventually come back, probably for that UCLA game. That's just sheer speculation at this point. And when they finally get tested, well, they face McCall, forced him into a couple interceptions, three three turnovers by one of the best quarterbacks they'll face all year. And when they finally face someone they could tee off on, they did. Sacks, tackles for loss, forcing three interceptions. Maybe one not his fault, but a couple saying, hey, we're going to jump in front and make some plays when he overthrows a ball, Johnson making a play on the ball. Important stuff for UCLA to capitalize on these plays going forward and make sure, hey, be aggressive. I did like seeing John John Vaughn's out there. Finally, didn't have any extensive action in week one. Week two is good. Femi Oladejiao led the team in tackles with 10 after being a little bit quiet in week two. But it was nice to see Oladejiao, who was all over the field against the Bruins when he was a golden bear in November of 2022, comes out and was important. Even Kamari Ramsey had six tackles and a tackle for loss. And I can't forget Latu, another game, another sack. Didn't dominate as much. He had two and a half tackles for loss in the sack. So I guess that is still dominant. But he didn't come out and have a three-sack performance like week one. So it was good to see Latu get his numbers. Murphy get a tackle for loss. Gabriel Murphy, that is, or Grayson Murphy, excuse me. Important to see the Bruins all making plays up and down the line. Now, will the secondary be tested down the line? Absolutely. Will they be forced to face some much better quarterbacking later? Yes. Will NC Central maybe have a better quarterback? Then San Diego State, probably and maybe also yes. But when is that going to happen? We'll see how they adjust and prepare accordingly. My grade for this defense that hasn't even allowed, what, 60 yards rushing, 65-plus yards rushing against a team that dominated less than 200 yards passing for San Diego State, this is an A performance. 10 points, you got a couple of breaks, you forced them, you ran away with it, an A performance. Really good, considering they've already built – and showed some positives from the performance against the Chanticleers. The Aztecs was the next. And while I'm not sure we'll be able to learn too much against NC Central, we'll find out and dive into tape a little more throughout the week leading up to that game against the FCS HBCU program at NC Central, who did win the Celebration Bowl, mind you, against Jackson State with all the hype of Dion. They did beat Dion in the biggest game of their season last year. So there are no slouches. The defense... And a performance. Now the grading is going to get much tougher, right? You're playing much tougher opponents after the NC Central game, of course. And then you got the Pac-12 opener on the road at Utah. There'll be much stiffer competition. And even the teams that are near the bottom, the Arizonas, the ASUs, they could probably still put a point, especially Arizona, if Delora is running all over the Bruins like he did last year. These are all future things to worry about. But when they face an athletic quarterback like Maiden, they were able to chase him down and force some turnovers. That's important. Ten, another 10-plus tackles for loss. A great day. Three turnovers forced again. We're liking the Danton Lynn defense in a performance even much better than this silly prediction that I had 
hey, bear with me. I didn't know the quarterback was, but the defense played much better than I was going to give him credit for. And here they are moving into week three with a chance to be 3-0 and for the second consecutive season, which is why it's unique that UCLA is actually ranked already. They're a top 25 team in multiple polls. We're going to talk about the impact, how crazy the Pac-12 is, how many ranked games the Bruins might have down their schedule, which was supposed to be super easy and might actually not be as easy as we initially thought in a year when the Bruins have a lot of moving pieces and Chip Kelly still isn't committing on a quarterback. What does being ranked mean this early in the season by the AP and coaches poll? Maybe meaningless, but it's nice to see the rec- the recognition so far for Locked On UCLA. That's how I wrapped up the show today in a moment. If you haven't taken some time and gone to check out FanDuel Sportsbook, I suggest you do so. The number one sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. The NFL season started, and they've got incredible offers. All new customers, you bet $5, and you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And if you bet that $5, you will get $100 off the NFL Sunday ticket in its new home at YouTube and YouTube TV. So if you saw week one and were like, hey, I'm really jonesing to put some money out there. FanDuel's got you covered, and you can still watch the game. There's still plenty of season to go around. Right now is the best time to join FanDuel, spreads, player props, and more. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked On UCLA, third segment. Zach Anderson, Yaks, I'm with you guys. So my grading overall offense, A-, minus, defense, A, special teams. Well, we didn't have to really see Lopez do anything spe- spectacular. Uh, they'll just get an A because they won, right? Why not? Why not? Something crazy. And Powers, Budin won the 20, having a high average as the punter for UCLA, replacing Barmira from last year. Special teams will make an impact later this year. There'll probably be a big game-tying field goal or game-winning field goal at the end of the game that Lopez will have to drill. But for the most part, I think they've been a clean unit. You can disagree, agree, whatever it is. We're just going to kind of throw that bone out there and just say, hey, you win by 25, we'll get everybody. The class all gets treats. You all get an A. You get an A. You get an A. Everybody. Everybody. There's no curve on this system right now. A minus A, it is what it is. The Bruins... To my surprise, I didn't think this would happen, but after the end of the weekends, AP releases their poll, and all of a sudden, the Bruins are 24. The coaches released their poll from USA Today, and they're 25, and now there's like eight Pac-12 teams ranked, anywhere from that, 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 that thing that's across town to the Washingtons, the Oregons, the Wazoos, right? This is a pretty nutty wacky Pac-12 that's going to disintegrate by this time next year. The Bruins will be in Big Ten play with SC, Oregon, and Washington, who ironically are all ranked, all ranked. Then you've got the likes of Washington State, who takes down a Wisconsin. You had had Oregon going to Texas Tech and winning. Other Pac-12 teams were on the verge of beating other Power 5 conference teams. The Bruins, we're going to be in for a fun, unique season. What does being ranked mean? Well, if you want to take a step-by-step process reflecting on last year, you had a similar type schedule. The Bruins did have three home games. They had Colorado last year. So they were almost built in to be 4-0 heading into that Utah game last year. This year, slightly similar. You had Colts Carolina, tough game. If you could win it, San Diego State could have been a tough game. They handled that easily, which is why I think the coaches and the voters rewarded UCLA for its performance week in and week out 
after they let Moore start and the excitement has begun. And then you get an FCS game again. You expect that to be a big blowout win. Last year, the Bruins had Garbers play the majority of the game and did not have Charbonnet play. And the Bruins still dominated Alabama State. They hope the same thing for NC Central, which then would mean the Bruins go unbeaten throughout non-conference for the second straight year. The only difference being flipping the teams and a road game mixed in there. Pac-12 game is an opener at Salt Lake City against Utah, and you have an unbeaten matchup, albeit a week or two, a week earlier than the year before, where you've got Utah, who is unbeaten without rising against Florida and at Baylor in what was a battle of backup quarterbacks in Waco. And now what could be a a Pac-12 favorite in Utah, the two-time defending Pac-12 champions, you could have that be a premier, still not even end of September battle, and the Bruins can impress with a bye week to prepare for another unique game down the schedule, a home game against Washington State that is now, according to the rankings, I'm not sure how Washington State will be in a month from now in October on October 7th, but could be two ranked teams. And then you flip that next week or the week after that, October 14th, against Oregon State, and then you've got a battle of two top 25 teams potentially. And now, hey, this is going to be different depending on if UCLA wins, loses, or is extremely competitive against Utah. And then you've got the Stanford game on the road. That could be a little bit tougher, maybe not, depends. And then you've got a ranked game at home against UCLA. Think about this schedule, right? What was maybe a slightly boring schedule, all of a sudden, after the NC Central game, you've got teams that are teetering or might be or probably top 25 teams. Now, early October, we'll have to wait and see what Washington State does a few weeks down the line. Colorado, we'll see what they look like as they have to play in SC. They still got to play some teams, so they'll probably have sustained a loss or two. They play Oregon by the time the two teams play come Halloween weekends, right? Prior to Halloween. And now the schedule looks a little more interesting. Washington State, we always expected that would be a tough game, the Bruins and Cougars, as the Cougars are the lone representative alongside with Oregon State, and that could be back-to-back ranked games. What a craziness the Pac-12 has become that the two remaining Pac-12 teams are ranked, right? Oregon State and Washington State in football. The four teams leaving to the Big Ten are all ranked, and easily, maybe not easily, but some of the top competitors in football and maybe basketball this year, maybe not so much Washington basketball-wise, but still, they're amongst the top competitors in multiple sports for most of these schools, and yet they're all bolting for the Big Ten. And how good this conference is top to bottom that Arizona was close to taking down Mississippi State on the road. It took overtime for them to lose. Arizona State actually had an early lead on Oklahoma State, and they're supposed to be one of the better teams in the Big 12. Yes, I know Oklahoma State pulled away, but still, they put up their fight. Arizona State was up a touchdown. A late Pac-12 after dark classic between Cal and or Cal and Auburn proves that Cal game won't be any easier at the end of the season for UCLA, especially a week removed from that game at SC. They almost took down Auburn and Auburn had greater sights than playing Cal. Cal had a chance to win that game. We would have loved to take down the SEC once or more than once, but still this is a battle of his schedule. It looked easier, but Colorado is proving at the moment, especially much to my dismay, much to, My shock, I didn't even believe that they could be this good this early. Even if they only win six, if they only get six to seven, eight wins, that's a 
vast improvement. If they go win 10-11 and pull a TCU, but even more incredible of a TCU transformation, especially who they beat, that's something else. And yet, the Bruins are ranked. The schedule looks a bit tougher in my mind. Now, what happens when depth is tested, like that late October match, it probably will be for one or both teams between the Bruins and Buffaloes, or Oregon State, and then Washington State in back-to-back weeks with some travel mixed in and a Utah game, three straight games at this moment, at the dropping of this podcast, they're all ranked. I don't think all those teams will be ranked, but they're still teetering on the verge with good wins, all of them. Oregon State, Washington State, Utah, they're all teams that are either proven it from last year, bringing pieces back, looking good, or have a quality win or two to their resume. And the Bruins are just looking to compete with some youth at quarterback, some youth and some slight inexperience, if you will, if you take that with me running back-wise, compared to Charbonnet and all these guys starting in previous running back roles. Who's going to step up and be that receiver underneath Sturdivant if he doesn't dominate? A lot of roles to be defined, but a team that looks deep and good. But we just have to see. We have to wait and see until Chip Kelly names a legitimate starter. They could possibly go into week four. I would be stunned. But week four, and they might not name a starting quarterback. That's something that I think would be shocking for a team that's currently ranked heading into its early biggest game of the season, its biggest early game of the year against Utah in a few weeks from now. But it's nice to see the Bruins getting recognition. Slightly similar, feels like deja vu from 2022 have began just a little bit earlier. People are jumping on the hype train. So we'll see how it goes. Can the defense's growth, not full transformation yet, but improvement slight week by week, be the difference into UCLA success this year. That's important. And can Dante Moore solidify himself as the starter? That's all stuff we're going to talk about on Locked On UCLA throughout the week, building up to NC Central, getting you guys excited for Pac-12 play, the final Pac-12 season ever, barring some super crazy thing, ever. And UCLA's in the thick of it for right now. Can't wait. Zach Anderson, Yox, I'm with you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bruins are 2-0. The ranks. And they got the job done. So UCLA fans, tune in for the next episode as well. We'll discuss more UCLA football and basketball. Hands up. A clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. UCLA, fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.